Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about au pairs and if hosting an au pair and having that be part of your child care plan for your family could be a good option for you. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to jump in on the basics. Perhaps you're not familiar with au pairs and how au pairs are different than a nanny. Um, au pairs come to the U.S. on a special kind of visa, the J-1 visa. It's a cultural exchange program. It has an educational component, and it's different from a nanny for that. Well, that's one of the reasons it's different than just a regular nanny. Um, the child care is provided by the au pair, and that's in exchange for room and board and a weekly stipend that you pay directly to the au pair, as well as $500 towards classes. Community college usually is what au pairs take based on the cost and cost effectiveness of them. And so it's a student exchange slash child care slash cultural exchange program. Um, au pairs, they are international men and women. They are between the ages of 18 and 26, and they're required to have a certain number of hours of childcare experience prior to applying to become an au pair. They have to have at least a high school degree and reach a certain level of English proficiency. And there's a range. Um, some au pairs come from English-speaking countries, and then there's also au pairs who've been studying uh, English either in their high school or um, elementary school or outside of school and practicing it and um, proficient enough to be able to communicate but still have a ways to go in terms of fluency. And au pairs also have been vetted and background checked and have no criminal records. And that happens before they're able to be accepted into the au pair program and apply to be part of this exchange. Um, some au pairs have an additional certification, infant certification, and that just requires that they have a certain number of hours with children ages two and under. But it's important to know that no au pairs are allowed to care for babies three months and under. So that's something to consider if you have a very young child and are hoping to have the au pair care for a baby under the age of three months um, independently. Now, if you're still in the home and the au pair is helping with that baby and you're still supervising, that's fine. It's just in terms of them independently caring for a three month or younger 
baby that is not permitted um, on this au pair exchange program. The au pairs who are interested in participating, they sign up with a local au pair agency in their home country and they pay a certain fee and they go through a very lengthy process to be accepted into the program by these agencies. And then the agencies work to find placements with families in the US. Um, so that's kind of a nutshell what an au pair is. In terms of the amount of child care that an au pair can provide, it is up to 45 hours a week. And uh, they have to have a day and a half off a week. And it needs to be consecutive. So um, you can't have them working and just kind of piece together their time off. They have to have a day and a half off um, consecutively a week. And then they get one full weekend off from Friday night to Monday morning a month. And they also get two weeks paid vacation. And the au pair contract is a one-year contract, but can be extended for a second year. But the two years is the max on the visa they come over on. So that's the basic nutshell. I'll get into a bit more details and also discuss some of the pros and some of the challenges that you should consider if this is something you and your family are looking up to. But I thought I would start off sharing my personal experience with hosting au pairs in our family. Um, when, we, when we welcomed our first au pair many years ago, about 10 years ago now, it was... Um, because we were at a point in our family, we had just two children at the time. Um, I was working part-time and needed some coverage on a more regular basis than I was able to get just with local neighborhood babysitters. And my husband at the time uh, was working and traveling quite a bit at that time away from the home, sometimes upwards of several weeks to three weeks uh, away. And that was a really big challenge for our family. And so when we started thinking about how to support our family and our growing careers and having an extra set of hands in the home, uh, this was something that was really of interest to us. We, neither of us have our family who live close enough to us to be able to be part of helping us out with watching the kids occasionally. And so we needed to have something that was pretty consistent. Um, I went back to school when we had our first au pair, and that's when I actually got my certification as a parent coach. And I was also working part-time teaching voice lessons and doing some parent coaching and some theater and just a lot of things that were all over the place. So I needed something that was really flexible in terms of when I needed coverage and I could not be uh, tending to my children. And then again, with my husband's increased time away, sometimes I needed that help also in the evening if I had a commitment or maybe a social engagement or something. I need some coverage. My husband was out of town and not able to help with our kids. The reason we chose au pairs, there are many reasons. One of them had to do with the cost effectiveness of hosting an au pair. It's less expensive, and I'll get into that logistics um, a little bit later. But it was a it was a cost effective um, way that we could get consistent and flexible childcare in our family. But beyond that, we knew that also meant welcoming another person into our household, and this is something that we were excited about that appealed to us. Um, we liked the idea of developing a meaningful relationship 
with another person who could become part of our family and could really form lasting bonds and attachments with our children. And we liked the fact that this there was an international component where our kids could be and we could be interacting with people from different countries and cultures and races and people who spoke languages different than our own because we felt there was a lot of opportunity to expand our knowledge of the world and to have our children increase their ability to interact in a meaningful way with people that didn't look like them, that didn't speak like them. We thought that was a real benefit and something that we were interested in offering to our children and their upbringing. All in all, we hosted a total of eight au pairs over what was about eight years. Um, I may have been nine. I'm losing track now. And our au pairs came from all over the world. Our first au pair was from South Korea. Our second and third au pairs were both from Brazil. Our fourth au pair was um, from Sweden. Um, and But she was only with us for a short period of time. That was uh, not a great match. And so she moved on with another family. And we welcomed an au pair from Colombia, followed by another au pair from Colombia, followed by our final au pair from South Africa. So again, like I said, we uh, had au pairs from Asia, from South America, and from uh, South Africa. So we kind of covered a bunch of continents, which made, oh, and also um, uh, Europe. So we covered four continents in terms of au pairs that we welcomed into our home. And again, that was something that we really valued and enjoyed and found both challenging and also highly rewarding about this experience. It worked out really, really well for us. Like I said, we needed maximum flexibility. And from the time that we welcomed our first au pair, when our last au pair left, our family grew by two more children. So the au pairs also really helped with those transitions and really complex schedules between work and children of different ages and stages, going to activities, young children, toddlers, babies napping. Our life was complex and an extra set of hands really helped us make it through that very challenging period of time and still have careers and other things that were fulfilling to us as parents and adults and also provided the flexibility for our children to be able to have more freedom and being able to pursue different outside school interests. So the pros, the pros to having an au pair versus a nanny or childcare um, or babysitter kind of situation. Like I already mentioned the cost, it's about half the cost of a traditional full-time nanny. You do pay the largest, um, you know, kind of upfront cost is the fee that you pay to the agency. And that ranges somewhere between six to 7,000, some a little bit less, some a little bit more. It can be spread out over the course of a year using a payment plan. And what that helps with that agency fee is, first of all, vetting, finding the au pairs and going through all the background checks and going through all of that work. Um, they help with the visa process for the au pairs. That also um, is incorporated in that cost that uh, the travel to and from their home country to the um, 
where the au pairs first go is to a training program in the U.S. where they spend their first three days in the U.S. with other au pairs who are getting ready to go to their host families. So that's also incorporated in the cost is this three-day training program. It covers health insurance for the au pairs, and it also covers the cost of an LCC, which is a local child care coordinator. And that is the person who is your local resource close to your own home neighborhood, who is a resource for both the families and the au pairs during the year. The LCC um, will help orient you and get ready as you're getting ready to welcome your au pair. They'll meet with the family and the au pair intermittently to kind of check and see how things are going to make sure that everybody is making the transition well, there aren't any bumps in the road, that everybody is keeping up with the au pair agreement in terms of the type of help that the au pair is obligated to provide and that the parents are being fair in terms of living up to their side of the contract in terms of not having their au pairs work longer hours than are allowed, um, over the 45 hours a week, giving them their time off and so forth. And they're there to help problem solve when things come up between au pairs and the host families. That does happen. They're there to kind of help mediate and problem solve and um, help that take place. The LCC also provides monthly get-togethers and outings and social connection between all the au pairs in your area that they oversee. So they get a chance to make friendships and connections with other au pairs, which is really important for au pairs in terms of them having a positive experience. And um, the LCC also usually hosts two like events a year where the families come um, together along with their au pair for kind of like a social exchange. Um, the other cost is a weekly stipend, which is just under $200 a week that the host families pay directly to the au pair. And then, as I already mentioned, $500 per year towards um, college classes. This, the au pairs are required to take classes. And sometimes they take weekly classes. Um, sometimes they'll do kind of like an intensive weekend course where they travel to a kind of cool destination and take all their classes over the course of a weekend. And they have some work to do beforehand and afterwards to get all their credits for if they choose to go that route. And we've had um, a couple of our au pairs choose that. And a lot of our au pairs though chose to take classes in English to continue to improve their English skills if they were not. Only our last au pair was a native English speaker who came from, um, she came from South Africa. Um, other pros, as I mentioned, something that was real value for us is an opportunity to build connections with another person who can be incorporated into your family. I talk a lot about attachment and relationship when it comes to caregiving um, between parent and child. Well, that's also important when it comes to anybody who's going to be in the role of caretaker for our children, whether that be an au pair, a nanny, a teacher. So because the au pair lives with the family, there's a lot of opportunity to interact and build a true um, bond and connection between the au pair and the family, and especially the children that they'll be helping out with in terms of childcare. Um, because of that, it feels less like a person who's just clocking in and clocking out 
doing their job um, because you are more intimately connected with this person in, in your as part of your family. Um, and they get included on things that are significant to your family, things like birthdays, things like um, if you choose to bring your au pair along on any family vacations or travel, which you can do either for them to work there 45 hours a week, or if they just want to come along with the family, but they're going to do their own thing. Um, but they come along just to kind of have some shared experiences with their host family. So yeah, so those are some real pros that we had. Another one, like I mentioned, that was really important to us was flexibility. My schedule working part time is kind of all over the place. And times when I needed childcare coverage could vary week to week. And similarly with my husband, when he was traveling and so forth, having that flexibility to move some of the hours into the evening if I needed coverage there um, was really helpful. Again, it's up to 45 hours a week, a maximum of 10 hours a day, a day and a half off a week, and then one full weekend off a month and two weeks paid vacation. In terms of the vacation, um, what we tended to do with our au pairs is we would choose a week um, that we decided would work for us. Maybe we had some plans. Maybe we were going to go visit our family out of town. So we would say, okay, this week will be one of your weeks of vacation. And then the other week we let our au pair choose. And as long as it didn't conflict with something going on with us, um, we, we let them have that the ability to, to try and choose because a lot of times they were trying to coordinate with friends who were either going to be visiting them or coordinate with maybe some friends they made when they did their training at the au pair school um, and they wanted to travel together. So they wanted to coordinate their weeks of vacation. We could provide that opportunity if they were able to give us enough heads up and it worked out for all of us. So that worked out pretty well. Um, a few times our au pairs got more than two weeks of paid vacation just because of our schedule or again, travel or something happened. Sometimes they got a little bit more than that and that was perfectly fine with us. We were happy to allow them that extra time off. Sometimes they'd have time off, we wouldn't be away. And I would just have them do a few projects related to kids that, um, that they could do, but most of the time they had free, which of course they didn't mind either. And then um, the cultural exchange, as I already mentioned, was really of great value to us. Um, depending upon where you live, depending upon your community, your neighborhood, a lot of us can live in neighborhoods that are pretty homogeneous. I know our neighborhood and the school my kids go to is very homogeneous, um, primarily people who are white. And it was of concern to us that our children not build meaningful relationships with people who came from places, speak different language, skin tone was different um, than theirs. We wanted them to have relationships and interact and learn and grow from people who were different from themselves. And the au pair program really provided that opportunity. And like I said, we loved learning about the food, the language, the culture of our au pairs. And our kids got a kick out of learning a lot of different words in a lot of different languages through the years um, that they picked up because our kids were exposed to, let's see, South Korean. And also um, that au pair also spoke some Chinese. So she would teach them a little bit of Chinese. Uh, we learned some Portuguese from our Brazilian au pairs. Um, we learned a little bit of Swedish from our Swedish au pair, but again, she wasn't with us for very long. And then our two um, au pairs from Colombia 
of course, their first language was Spanish, which was awesome, especially because that was the language that my kids were learning at school. So it gave us a chance for them to practice their Spanish and their pronunciation with those au pairs. And our last au pair, even though she was a native English uh, speaker coming from South Africa, she was part of um, the population in South Africa. I didn't even know this. There's a large East Indian population who uh, immigrated to South Africa many years ago from India. And so she brought with her a mixture of South African culture and also Indian culture that was really great for us to learn about. And loved, of course, eating um, food from all of these different countries that the au pairs would cook for our families on occasion. Um, things that you should consider that could be challenges when it comes to thinking about if hosting an au pair could be a good fit for your family. One, the, one of the biggest one is space in your home. You're required to provide your au pair with uh, their own bedroom. They don't have to have their own dedicated bathroom. I know they would appreciate that. We couldn't provide that for our au pairs, but they did have their own room. Um, And the space that we had for au pairs was on the lowest level. We have kind of like a tall, narrow house, and it was a, a room in a finished basement space. So it gave the degree of autonomy where they could kind of get away and have their own space from the family, which was nice and it was spacious. Um, but also felt like they were still part of the family. Um, Some people, they have like what's called a mother-in-law apartment, and those work out great for au pairs because then they even have their own kitchens and bathrooms. Um, But sometimes au pairs that have that kind of situation mentioned, they feel a little bit lonely because they're not interacting as much with the family in the shared spaces. Um, So that's just something to think about. But you need to have ample space where you don't feel like adding an au pair to your family will take up space that currently is really necessary for your family. So taking a look at um, your home and the setup and where the au pair would live and if you have adequate space that would work for your family. Another thing to consider is your own personal temperament. Are you patient and flexible? Remembering that au pairs are not certified childcare workers. There is a degree of learning curve that's going to come with an au pair who needs to have some patience from the host families to learn about how to interact with your children based on your expectations, based on your family's parenting practices. Um, There's also oftentimes a language barrier that can be challenging when you're interacting with somebody who's trying to get used to so much during such a short period of time, learning how to care for somebody's children, rules around that, they speak a different language, and they're just trying to get used to the culture shock. Um, So you have to be very patient and understanding and flexible if um, you're gonna consider welcoming a au pair. Some people are self-admittedly not that way. And that would be, they don't have the bandwidth. That is too um, difficult for them to have the patience to work with somebody as they become acclimated to your culture, your home, your children. So that's something to consider. Um, Another thing you should think about is, again, it's kind of like on the parents to determine, are you able 
to address and work through conflicts easily with other people. If you're conflict avoidant and you tend to just not want to really address things that are bothering you, that can build up some real tension between parents and their au pairs, their host parents and the au pairs. Um, so your ability to address things in a way that is calm, cool, and collected and work through issues and address them head on, um, whether you need to bring in the LCC to help mediate that, or if you can just kind of problem solve on your own and work through conflict. If you tend to be really reactive and impatient, this may not be a great fit for you um, in terms of your ability to acclimate to somebody living in your home and taking care of your children. Another thing to consider that could be a challenge, do you have the mental bandwidth to build a relationship with another person you keep in mind that you're responsible for a young adult, um, much like a teenage child. Of course, some of them are older and have a little bit more life experience, but some of them are 18, fresh out of high school. So do you have the bandwidth to kind of take on the mothering or fathering role of another person to provide that guidance, to provide them? They call the host parents, host mom, host dad. So you in a lot of ways are taking on that kind of parent responsibility for um, the au pair, not in a way that you would your own child, but there is an, an area there where you need to have the bandwidth and the desire to build a relationship, to get to know one another, to understand them, to be patient with them, to support them when they go through the normal emotions that come up throughout, you know, day-to-day -day life, living with somebody. Um, they may have, you know, issues with friends. Um, certainly homesickness can be a big challenge for a lot of au pairs. Some of them have never lived away from home. So adjusting to that is, is really challenging for a lot of them. So do you have the space, the mental bandwidth to make room to your plate? Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Another uh, challenge to consider is your specific needs for your family. Does the au pair need to be able to drive your children um, will you work away from home or will you be working within the home? And how will that play out if your au pair is taking care of your children in the home while you're working? Are you a stay-at-home parent and you're looking for that person to provide the extra set of hands so that you can kind of juggle kids, different ages and stages and um, stages of development um, so you'll be around each other a lot? Um, if that's the case, it's really important to be upfront with your au pair that you're uh, someone you're considering um, because that could impact their desire to want to be an au pair for your family. Some au pairs love that. If you are a work from home or a stay at home parent, they love that because they know that you'll be there to provide support and guidance. And some au pairs don't want anything to do with that. They really want to be autonomous and have their own space to take care of your child and not have you like observing all the time. Um, and then also another thing to consider that can be a challenge, are you needing more help around the house than a pair is obligated to provide? Sometimes what people really are looking for is maybe somebody who's gonna do some childcare, but then also some help around the home as far as maybe some housekeeping 
or laundry or running errands for the family, taking care of those types of tasks. Some of that can be within the realm of something that an au pair um, can provide. If it's something that directly has to do with children and their care. So if it has to do with cooking, repairing meals for your children, that's fine. If it has to do with laundry for your children, that's also fine. If it has to do with cleaning up and projects related to your children, again, that's all fine. If you're wanting your au pair to clean your car, do your laundry, um, vacuuming, clean uh, bathrooms in your home, mm, that's where it's getting to a, a place where it's probably not under the responsibilities of an au pair. Now, there is an agreement that you should kind of work out with your au pair in terms of the fact that they are a member of your household. So just like if you were sharing a space with a roommate, you would all be kind of contributing to a certain amount of chores related to the shared space, pitching in with dishes, pitching in maybe with some cooking, pitching in with you know, some upkeep and cleaning of certain areas. That's fine, but your au pair is not your hired housekeeper. So if you're expecting them to clean the house from top to bottom, um, that would not be appropriate. So it's important to know what is within the realm of the au pair contract and what is outside and what is kind of in that middle ground of, oh, well, we're going to ask you to help out with these chores around the house just to contribute to the household you're living in um, and making that really clear and upfront. Um, another thing to consider are the hidden costs. I've already kind of gone through the expenses that you can expect with an au pair, but there are some hidden costs to consider. One is, you know, you're providing room and board that includes food. So adding another person to your family in terms of eating, you're not expected to provide food kind of really above and beyond what your family eats. You can just, of course, talk to your au pair and find out if there's certain things they prefer, but you know, it should be within the realm of your family's diet or you need to work something out ahead of time with your au pair. Um, things like the cost of gas, are you gonna pay for that? Is your au pair gonna pay for it? Um, in terms of they, if they use, um, if you give them permission to use your car um, on off hours, if they're working and they're you know driving the car because it's part of their job, they're driving maybe your child someplace, um, then of course you'd be covering the cost of gas, but you need to work out, you know, if they're using the car in their free time, um, you need to consider that. If your au pair is going to drive, like this mentioned, you need to add them to your insurance. There's a cost associated with that. Uh, a cell phone, you're not required to provide a cell phone for your au pair, but all of us do because of course, part of the job is being able to contact them and uh, message them when they're working. So there's that added cost. Um, vacation, if your au pair is gonna be coming along with you on vacation and you wanna incorporate them into your vacation plans, there's that extra person. If they're gonna come along with you to something like a theme park, like Disney World, you know, are you gonna be paying for extra tickets, extra meals, extra things um, if they're coming along with you? And then also gifts, birthday, uh, holidays, that would be an added expense also. And then there's this other little fuzzy area, which has been a newer thing since we left the au pair program, which is negotiated extra pay above and beyond the stipend. This is something that is new because there have been some lawsuits that got filed by au pairs um, in certain areas where 
they said that they worked under uh, minimum wage, which they do if you're looking at um, the weekly stipend you pay as well under minimum wage. However, it's a cultural exchange program. They're also receiving room and board. They're, they're receiving housing, they're receiving food and things of that nature. So that's also incorporated into what they are receiving. Um, but there were some uh, lawsuits and in certain states, um, being they're able to negotiate extra pay above and beyond the weekly stipend. Um, this is not something that we came across because that happened after we left the au pair program, but it's something to find out about and to know is out there um, in terms of au pairs when they're looking for host families, they may be hoping for that extra pay that has become more commonplace in certain areas. Um, another thing that could be a challenge uh, has to do with the marketability, for lack of a better term, um, of your family to attract an au pair to say yes to your family. And that can be impacted by the number of kids you have, the age of your kids, um, the city you live in, the climate and temperature um, where you live as well. Some au pairs who've never been to the United States are not as aware. They may not be familiar with the city that you live in. And so they not, may not be as drawn pretty much everybody in the world knows where Los Angeles and New York are and a lot of au pairs, they put their sights on those bigger cities that they're very familiar with. And so if you're out there saying like, hey, come to Seattle where I live, they may not even know where that is and they may not be as familiar with Seattle. So you kind of have to help au pairs see the value and the fun things to do in your city. Um, the number of kids you have, that's just a fact of life. Au pairs get paid the same stipend, whether you have one child or five children. So an au pair is, you know, going to look at that. Some might be really comfortable with larger families. Others might be like, wait a minute, I can get paid the same amount by helping out with one or two kids. I think I'll go that direction. Um, and so that's something to consider as well. And also, like I said, the age of your kids. Um, if you have very young children, obviously the au pair is going to have a lot of, um, contact and attention required of them versus an au pair to children who are maybe school age where they'll have large chunks of their day where they will be off duty, where they could take classes, they could do their own things, and then their responsibilities would be more allocated to the afternoons and evenings perhaps. Um, so that is something to consider is it can be a challenge sometimes depending upon your family, where you live, the number of kids and the age of your kids in terms of au pairs agreeing and wanting to come to your family. Hang in there though, it can be frustrating to feel like Gosh, no one wants our family or it doesn't seem like there's a large pool of au pairs to choose from, that may be the reason. Um, some au pairs, uh, when they're going through their selection process, you choose each other. Some au pairs do, they, they are shopping around. They're looking for families. Some of them are looking for a family that, offers the most in terms of luxury accommodations. And again, like I said, the cities that they live in. And some families have big spacious accommodations to provide their au pairs. Um, I will just let you know that if that's what is important to an au pair, not something you could provide, then you're probably not a good match anyway. And so it's kind of like, it's good you figured that before they arrived and saw that you're house wasn't to a standard that they were hoping for. Um, I did have one au pair. It was uh, our youngest au pair we hosted. 
um, who didn't work out for us, uh, who said that she kind of imagined um, more American households to look like the Kardashians. Um, yeah, that's not our family. And so she was a bit kind of like expecting one thing and then uh, was kind of disappointed that our house was more modest, was not as large. Um, that was the only au pair that ever mentioned that. She also um, was, we were having our fourth child at the time and she made lots of comments about the fact that you know, our house was small and, and were we going to really be able to fit another person in there? Um, again, she had different expectations and it had to do with those not being maybe as clear when we went through the selection process and maybe some of it had to do with her age and experience. So it wasn't a good match. We both moved on. I learned from that experience. I'm sure she learned from the experience and that only happened one time. Most of the au pairs we um, hosted had, you know, they were the the um, our home and our lifestyle was great and comfortable and in some cases um, really lovely based on their experience and and where they grew up or similar to and so it's again it is a complicated situation that you just need to be aware of it can sometimes be uh, it can feel like no pairs are willing to come to your families for reasons that are completely outside your control but um, that's just a challenge you have to face and work through. And then in terms of that, keep in mind that it's overwhelming. The first time you're welcoming in and trying to find an au pair and a match, it gets easier. Um, you know what you're doing more. You can cut to the chase more after you've done it the first time. So if it works out that first time and you decide to do the subsequent times, um, keep in mind that when you're trying to match and um, find a good au pair match, um, your current au pairs can also really help in that process. They can talk to um, candidates that you're considering. They can tell them about your family. Hopefully they've had a great experience. They can tell about where you live and so forth and maybe kind of answer some of those questions and sell, help sell your family and your city to um, a potential au pair. So now moving on to how do you find a good match? If you decided to go down this route, um, how do you find an au pair? Well, you're going to be working with an au pair agency, and there's a lot of them. We worked with cultural care, but there's a lot of ones, um, au pair care, uh, au pair care international, and there's there's a, a lot of them. It's helpful to find out um, agencies that are pretty active in your area, in your city, because then there's more likelihood that there's going to be a good network of au pairs for your au pair to be interacting with for social life and also just to kind of help with that shared experience piece. Um, the au pair agency will help facilitate the matching process. And again, like I said, you choose each other, the au pair chooses you, you choose the au pair. So it's a long and exhausting process. It takes a lot of energy. Um, it takes at least eight weeks from the time you match with an au pair until they can come to your home. So you need to kind of think about that in terms of the long range plan. I would say probably right now, especially um, with COVID and visas and borders, it's likely that that might even take longer. Um, there's also the option that you could consider a au pair that is already in country. 
And that would be an au pair who is either rematching because it hasn't worked out with their family or maybe their family, their host family's needs have changed. Maybe there was somebody who um, lost their job and they no longer need an au pair, or maybe it was a personality um, that didn't match. So they're looking to find a new family, or it could be an au pair that is in their extension year. So remember, it's a one-year contract, but they can stay up to two years. Sometimes au pairs want a different experience their second year. And so they may be looking for a change of location, a different type of family um, for their extension year. So that can streamline and make things easier if you're working and considering a au pair who already is in the country. And that also could be faster if they're looking for a match in a shorter period of time. But it's a smaller pool, so it just kind of depends upon what's happening during that period of time that you're looking or hoping to welcome an au pair to your family. Another thing you can do to find a good match during the matching process when you're interacting, emailing, and um, you know, FaceTiming or Skyping or Zooming, whatever you're choosing to do to um, talk with the candidates you're considering, is to really let them know all about your city, what there's to do, resources, um, the schools they might take classes at, where your home is in proximity to the largest urban area or city, uh, what public transportation is like, climate, that's a big one. Um, in Seattle, we get a lot of rain and oh my gosh, our poor au pairs that came from warm, um, tropical climates, they froze and that was a big adjustment for them. They don't have even that kind of clothing. So helping au pairs find really reasonably priced or maybe giving them um, some hand-me-downs coats and um, clothing that can help them acclimate to your the climate in your city can be helpful. Um, you also want to give a really realistic snapshot of your family, of your kids, of their personalities, um, and their responsibilities as your au pair. So let them know up front what type of responsibilities outside of just obviously the direct childcare you would be hoping for help with. I've got to tell you that one of the most valuable things aside from childcare was help of laundry. Um, when my kids were little, um, we have four kids, having that help with laundry in those years was so great. Um, probably the least favorite part of my au pair's jobs, but I would build in time into their schedule where they could, you know, fold laundry and watch TV, or if my kids were doing activities and able to kind of be playing on their own, they could be folding laundry or whatnot while that was happening. That was such a help in those years. I've since trained my older kids to do their own laundry. Um, so it doesn't feel as, um, you know, overwhelming to, to tackle the laundry with a family of six as it used to, but gosh, that was super, super, super helpful when my kids are little. Um, and then also let your au pair know what type of schedule they can expect. It was really important for my au pairs to know that our schedule needed to be flexible. Was the au pair okay with that? Were they, were they wanting a really predictable, working the same hours every week kind of a schedule? Then we were not going to be a good match. If they were fine with a schedule that would be flexible from week to week, um, that would be a good thing. Um, to find out ahead of time. So it's important to ask questions and to share as much as you can about what it would look like um, to be an au pair in your family. Um, when you're getting to know each other, ask the au pairs why they wanna be an au pair. Some are interested in careers having to do with working with children, but most are not. 
Um, for some of them, they're just looking for an adventure. For some of the younger au pairs, this is uh, taking the place of what we call a gap year. Maybe they've just coming out of high school. They're not really wanting or interested or ready to go to college or university yet. So they kind of use this as an opportunity to travel, to work, earn a little money, and um, you know, just kind of have an experience. Many are coming to improve their English skills, and this is a great way for them to do that. I've got to tell you, some of our au pairs that came with the least experience speaking English, oh my gosh, to watch their growth in over the period of time, um, our second au pair who came from Brazil, when she came, we'd communicate, she always was holding a dictionary. Um, we didn't have handy dandy, uh, you know, things that on a smartphone nowadays that are pretty commonplace um, where you can get automatic, you can speak into it and it will translate. So she would have a dictionary in her hand and I would uh, communicate something to her and then she'd say, again, please. And then she'd maybe look up a word or I'd look up a word to kind of get the comment understanding. And oh my gosh, during that first several months, you know, the dictionary disappeared. She learned from my kids. Uh, we all learned together um, how to communicate and her English and ability to speak fluently, just it, the learning curve was so steep. And it was so fun to watch her continue to learn and grow in her ability to learn English. Um, and also for us to learn, of course, some Portuguese words from her, which was really fun. Um, uh, some au pairs are just wanting to have an adventure and travel. Um, some are wanting to meet different types of people. Some of them have a hope and desire to maybe relocate eventually to the United States, either by way of marriage or by um, transferring their J-1 visa to a student visa where they can study after their au pair here in the country or find some way to get hired, um, get a job where somebody would hire them and um, sponsor them on a work visa. Um, those might be really, really great um, reasons for an au pair to want to come here. But I would just say caution yourself, dig a little deeper, find out if your au pair has really an intention to get here to find a way to relocate permanently to the United States um, and is upfront about that. Or if you can kind of find out if maybe that is an agenda that they're not maybe disclosing, but becomes evident when you kind of figure out what their interests are. Um, we have had two of our au pairs who have found love here um, that have um, moved here permanently. And we are so happy for them and love that fact that they are here. One even lives in our neighborhood and has moved on to actually work for the au pair agency as an LCC that, um, you know, she came over here on the au pair program through. So, and it's great. And she's got three children and we're able to still interact with her. And we love that connection. Another one of our au pairs um, also uh, moved here permanently um, initially to study on a student visa, but subsequently um, ended up also getting married. And that also has been really fun to know that she's still in the country. And so, and that's wonderful. It's just important to know if that is something that is the primary reason that an au pair is seeking out this um, program. In that case, I'd say be careful because they may not be as interested in actually doing the work side of being an au pair. And their focus may be more on finding those types of opportunities. So just keep that in mind when you're looking and getting to know the au pair candidates, uh, figure that out. Um, so maybe ask them what their plans are after 
they're an au pair. If they don't have a plan, that could indicate something. A lot of them have a plan, but it might be flexible. Um, a lot of them, like I said, they're hoping to improve their English. So they can go back and get a better job in their home country or perhaps um, get a job here uh, where speaking two languages or more fluently could be really beneficial in terms of their opportunities. And then once you have matched or you think this is the au pair for our family, find a fun, creative way to make that offer to your au pair. I think inc incorporating the kids, um, both in the interview process, they get a chance to kind of see your kids and talk with them a little bit, have your kids prepare a question or two that they can ask, but also have your kids be part of how you make the offer. We did a bunch of fun things through the years, signs, we'd send video messages, offering them the position to be an au pair in our family. So find a fun, creative way. And then know that in terms of this process, it's long, it's exhausting, but ultimately it's a leap of faith. We had tremendous luck in the au pairs that we welcome into our home. Only one that didn't work out after um, a short period of time and we went into rematch. But for the most part, we've had a lot of luck. It did require us to be very flexible and patient Every au pair comes with their own set of, they're, they're human. They have their own set of unique attributes that make them who they are. And some of those might present challenges for you and your family. But if everybody has the same good intention to work together and to um, really make it a positive experience on both ends, this could be a great option for you and your family. So once you've matched and you're getting ready to welcome your au pair, I recommend keeping up regular communication with them. There's a process once they match in terms of them getting their visa approval, which can be a real nail biter. So continue to communicate with your au pair, set up times to video chat with the kids, and that can be really great. And then when your au pair uh, arrives, um, I always have found it really great if possible. Again, these are really unique times with COVID, but if possible, we've had um, the whole family show up to the airport holding up signs, uh, welcoming our au pairs, or you could also do that at home. One of our au pairs um, flight got delayed forever and ever and ever, and she arrived after midnight. And so we had to kind of do that at home and have those signs hanging on her door. Um, we always uh, greeted our au pair at home with some gifts we collected, some things that represented um, Seattle, the city we live in, some things to make them warm and cozy, a bathrobe, things like that. And we set up their room and their space in a way that was really cozy um, so they could feel very comfortable. And then plan some fun bonding activities over the first few days and weeks that your au pair will be new with their family so that you could do some things that get to know each other better as a whole family unit with the kids and the au pair together. And then if you're working uh, full-time or part-time, um, it's really helpful to maybe build in some flexibility in your schedule for the first several weeks that your au pair is there so that you could support your au pair as they're learning the ropes, they're learning the job. Um, they have to get some things taken care of like social security cards, opening up a bank account. Uh, if, you're, if they're gonna be driving, they have to prepare for the driver's test and then take the test. There's a lot of things they have to take care of as they're brand new in this country, perhaps not speaking the same language. So as much as you can support them during that first several weeks, um, the better. And then know and accept that the first, I'd say two to six weeks 
it is a big adjustment period for your pair and your family. So prepare for it and know also that it does get easier. And before you know it, the the way in which your family operates with an au pair incorporated becomes so much more natural. And you'll remember, oh yeah, this this is why I thought this would be a good fit for a family. Um, those first several weeks, it can be sometimes you're like, why did we do this? This is really hard. This is adding more work. And I thought part of part of what we were bringing into our family is help and childcare support. So keep that in mind that it is an adjustment. But again, the more often you have done this, if you stick with the program, the easier it gets and you're, you're more accustomed to that. Um, I know all pairs are still coming to the US during the pandemic, but obviously there's some added challenges there with visas, closed borders and so on. So you'll have to reach out to agencies that you're considering working with to find out exactly what is going on right now with au pairs and their ability to come to the US. So that's um, advice I can't provide. And although our au pair hosting days are behind us, um, I definitely want to share that our family, we're really glad we participated in the program as long as we did. It was a really, really big help to our family as our families, as my husband's and my careers were growing, as our family was expanding and growing. And we also have really appreciated, like I said, how hosting au pairs has made the world a little smaller for us, has helped us gain more understanding and other cultures and countries around the world, which we think is of high value. Um, we're still in touch with most of our au pairs at the very least via social media. Um, and in some of them, we are still keeping up with occasional um, video chats, or like I said, we have a local au pair who has, um, we've been able to see uh, because she lives in our neighborhood. Um, and then some of our au pairs have come back to visit, which also has been awesome in terms of that reunion. They can't believe how our kids have grown. Um, and we find it so fun to visit and catch up and um, reconnect after a period um, since they've been gone. So again, it's really, really a wonderful program. Um, if you wanted a resource beyond this au pair podcast episode that I have done, there's a book that I um, used as a resource when I was preparing to welcome my first au pair. It's called Oh My Au Pair, A Complete Guide to Hiring and Hosting an Au Pair by Nancy Felix. And she has a lot of anecdotes, a lot of feedback, a lot of her shared experience hosting her au pairs. And she's had more than I have. I thought eight was a lot. She's had more than eight. Um, and I found it to be a helpful guide. And then, of course, um, when you're working with an agency, they can answer your questions. They can provide a lot of insight um, and that can be a real support also in considering that. Um, so I hope it's been helpful in exploring whether or not an au pair could be a good option for you and your family. Take care and I will meet you next time on the 3D Parent Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one -on -one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media 
So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, and tag me at The3DParent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on The3D Parent Podcast.